and welcome back to another Salt of the Streets blog post, baby. This is Big Bird at... What's my name again? Big Bird Offie? Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool, cool. Got that one. Um, yeah, this is Big Bird Offie coming at you with another blog post this week. I had a great time recording it. I uh, I got a little uh, I got a little uh, passionate again in this one there towards the end, and you'll probably understand why. But the whole thing is all about. Uh, gives you. We'll start off with a little bit of impeachment trivia for you, and then uh, we kind of dive into uh, some of my my inner thoughts about said impeachment, and uh, of course some other things. So, without further ado, enjoy my opinion on impeachment. The U.S. House of Representatives have begun what could and probably will end in articles of impeachment being drafted towards President Donald J. Trump for committing, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors. He, President Trump, officially joins the ranks of other U.S. presidents who have had to deal with the imposition of that great political phantom known as impeachment. Given the amount of presidents the United States of America has seen since its inception, the percentage of presidents who have dealt with impeachment in some fashion is actually relatively small at about 16%. Then again, I guess that metric's rather subjective, whether you think 16% is high or low. If that percentage doesn't give it away right off the bat, it's safe to say that this group of presidents includes more than just the two we remember from contemporary history. Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton are the two names that most media outlets recall when examining previous attempts at congressional impeachment, reaching back through history only on occasion to bring up Andrew Johnson, who was impeached but not ultimately removed from office back in 1868. There are, however, more cases of impeachment that are never really talked about. James Buchanan in 1860, John Tyler in 1843, and even... Another contemporary name, which is probably relatively familiar to most people these days, George W. Bush. Now, unlike the former, the impeachment attempts on the latter presidents never made their way to full senatorial court-like hearings due to either failing to meet the congressional voting threshold required to initiate the official impeachment process or simply failing to get out of committee and onto the House floor for the voting process altogether. President George W. Bush, in fact, had 35 articles of impeachment drafted against him in 2008, all pertaining to his involvement in and around what led to and ultimately became the conflict we now refer to as, quote, the war in Iraq. Though the resolution, H.R. 1258 of the 110th Congress, impeaching George W. Bush, President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors, was referred to committee at the time, it failed to go any further and simply disappeared into the historical archives, which can now be found online and, I might add, are incredibly interesting to try to read. Considering all the political bluster coming down from the hill about how this particular impeachment is being handled currently, what with Republicans screaming about a failure in process and the Democrats holding hearings behind closed doors, I think it's very important to remember our time all the way back in the old days, back in Civics 101, because that was a class we all took, right? The United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 2 states, quote, The House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers and shall have the sole power of impeachment, end quote. And yes, that is literally the extent of it, at least as to its involvement with the House. 
It does lay out a few more guidelines for the moment that it gets pushed up into the Senate. But of course, right now, we're at step one, the House. So, per the Constitution, that singular statement, boiled down to realistic terms, means that the House can run impeachment any way the House chooses to run their impeachment. And since Representative Nancy Pelosi was elected as Speaker of the House by the members of the House, impeachment can be done whichever way she so chooses. Regardless of who says what about how Speaker Pelosi is running the impeachment, it's simply her prerogative to do it however she sees fit. Like it or not, that's the way it is. If any member of Congress decides that they don't like that, it is up to them to form a coalition of members and propose a constitutional amendment to maybe put some more rules in place here. But simply complaining about it without taking any form of action comes off as nothing more than a political temper tantrum, a quote, woe is me form of pandering to an ill-informed voting block. Frankly, I find it rather pathetic. Without getting into all the ins and outs of this particular attempt at impeachment, its so-called validity and its possible outcomes in the Senate if and when it does make its way there, there's one factor that I want to focus on here and now. A factor that has bothered me ever since the word impeachment first crossed the threshold from governmental process and into popularized vernacular. For example, when congressperson, and I say person very purposefully because she's a member of the squad and I wouldn't want to assume her gender, oh, damn, I guess I just did that. My bad. So, Representative Rashida Tlaib, when recounting a conversation she had after winning her congressional seat and being sworn into office in which she said, quote, and when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won. Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Impeach the motherfucker? Really? Is that what you're going to tell your son? Now, I don't mean to purposely just pick on a member of the squad so much as to illustrate a point. That point being that the use of the term impeachment in this very present context was popularized in malice. Malice that has been palpable ever since President Trump was even sworn into office. It is this malice, I believe, that has truly done the most damage here. Blinded by rage and an unyielding call to somehow, one way or the other, remove a president from office, deservedly so or not, gives the impression that the Congress is neglecting to do their own civic duty here. The job we literally pay them to do. Regardless of what they themselves might think, no Congress member was ever elected to impeach the president. They were elected to represent their constituents on a federal level. And yes, that might include bringing in an impeachment view reflective of their constituents, but it is also to do the job of legislating on their behalf. Remember about five seconds ago when we had a massive immigration crisis? Remember the kids being locked in cages as the government walked the tightrope between following legal precedent and violating human rights? As impeachment rolls on and heats up, the U.S. Congress has yet to address the problematic 1997 Flores Agreement, which caused the, quote, kids in cages problem to begin with. 
They have failed to address the undeniable problems in our immigration system in general, in fact. There has been zero discussion outside of maybe the presidential nominees addressing overpriced college costs and why that might be, much less how to approach a fix. No talk of how to address the national debt, something that could literally sink our entire economy overnight given the right circumstances. No talk on the cost of housing and how to approach that. Some of our biggest cities are crumbling. California is on fire and homelessness has grown out of control. The list of domestic issues going seriously undiscussed is so long, it pains me to even think about how many there might actually be. Globally, the story isn't much different, much less any better. Russia is still more or less at war with Ukraine after having annexed a portion of their country. They've also begun cementing their influence in the Middle East as the U.S. has begun to pull out and their their influences, or I should say our influence, is receding. Iran has begun fueling centrifuges again and has resumed uranium enrichment at their facility in Fordo. China is running active concentration camps. Yes, active concentration camps. They're also suppressing a call for freedom and democracy in Hong Kong, not to mention all the other nation states they have systematically just absorbed into their communist ranks. Their Belt and Road Initiative is still paving the way for them to become the national global economic oligarch. And let us not forget, the Kim regime in North Korea is still a thing. And that's just to name a few situations the United States Congress should be, at the very least, discussing. But no. All eyes and ears are solely focused on to steal a line from our girl, Representative Tlaib, impeaching the motherfucker. Whether or not this current impeachment inquiry manifests into actual articles of impeachment, passes a House vote, and goes on to a Senate trial seems almost inconsequential when balanced on scale with the issues of the day. Now, don't get me wrong, I wholeheartedly believe in getting to the bottom of this Ukrainian affair. I guess I just wish the Congress could walk and chew gum at the same time. But then again, that's just my opinion. Thank you all so much for listening to my blog post this week. I know you guys are probably chomping on the bit for more Salt of the Streets podcast action. Don't worry, it's coming your way. Look out for the live stream on the Facebooks this Saturday when Donovan and I get back together again to do some recording. And if you really want to be a part of that that live stream show there, don't forget to go over to the Facebooks and like the Salt of the Streets page, and then you could join us in the chat. You can watch us and participate in the conversation. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Be there. Otherwise, you can catch us on the social medias individually. I am at Big Bird Offy on all the socials. Donovan is at Alpaca underscore on the Instagrams and at Salt of the Street on Twitter. And you can also hit up the Salt of the Streets YouTube. You can head over to saltofthestreets.com if you want any of these awesome search, search, searches, shirts that we have floating around. We have sweatshirts. We have tank tops. We have regular shirts. We got anything you want. Other than I just made the dogs bark. Anything you want on a shirt with the Salt of the Streets logo, I'm sure we can make happen. All you got to do is hit us up. We'll make arrangements and we'll hook you up with some sweet Salt of the Streets merch. Other than that, I'm out of here. Peace out, Girl Scout. We'll see you later.